0: You're listening to Scale Pro AV. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have the opportunity to have a conversation with Brian Mazaros, the CEO and founder for OpenEye Global. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Good morning, Sean. Good. Yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Hey, let's take just a quick trip back in time, shall we? Let's go back to, I don't know, some point in college and kind of tell me the story that kind of put you on the path to deciding, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and found a company.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things, you can't find a job, so you decide to start a company. You know, it's a- atypical, and then you, you, you camp out in your parents' basement, and, and somehow it all works out. Um, no, you know, I, I went to Seton Hall University, and uh, I, I majored in communication arts, and um, graphic design, 3D animation was more of the specialty. And I was, uh, you know, it's kind of fortunate I, I had this internship opportunity come up for a college marketing company. And, uh, I started working with, with them for the summer and, and it was a a program where they had this crazy idea of using screens for advertising, um, on college campuses, uh, pretty wild. And, uh, but this was, this was really appealing to me. It's like, it's tech and then you have the creative side to it. And and then also there was an opportunity to travel around to these, these different schools that I've, I've never been to before. And, 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 uh, and getting out of New Jersey is, is, was really fun for me to to get to the california to get to uh, some some other states and uh, so really grew fond of this program was working with it for the good part of the summer and then it, it came time to actually go back to, to school for my senior year and um it would have cut my time down for working on the program and uh so where i was at they actually approached seton hall and asked if i can continue full time and still uh, go to my classes, which you know, they ended up uh, agreeing to. And so I ended up doing my senior year remotely and then still worked on, on building this program. And then ultimately when I graduated, um, you know, I had a job waiting for me at, uh, at this program, which was, it was called Campus Central at the time. And this was before there was, it wasn't called digital signage. It really wasn't even called narrow casting. It, it just was screens with content on it. And, and it was, it was really cool. And, uh, we were working with you know, brands like P&G and Honda and, uh, uh, some other cosmetic companies and, and, you know, really trying to make a go at this. And, and unfortunately, you know, the, the, the company was more traditional marketing and, and their sales team didn't really quite understand how to, how to drive or how to make revenue out of this. And, uh, and so the program ended up, um, suffering because of that and, and, and ultimately, uh, saw its demise happening probably about a year after I you know, came on full time, and uh, they tried to transition me over to to more web development and, and traditional graphic design. And I I just was it, to me it was boring, um, you know, coming from something so dynamic and uh, and then going over to just doing web development. Um, it's not the way I wanted to go. And but at that time too, there was no other companies, no nothing was out there that was was fitting this description and. I, I had a, a decent you know, small little savings that I decided to, to cash in and um, you know, kind of it uh, was fortunate my, my mother allowed me to you know, toy with this idea and and, and, and stay at home. You know, there I am, you know, twenty four twenty five is most people are going out, I'm I'm staying at home, but I had this passion for trying to uh, to start this business. And uh, yeah, so here we are sixteen years later. Um, from that moment and uh, an open eyes is, is, is growing We're we're 12 man team. So pretty wild that it went from, from that to this. It's, it's still kind of interesting.
0: A couple of points from that story that I would like to talk about for just a second. Um, so it sounds like you almost decided that you wanted to work more than you wanted to go back for your senior year at Seton Hall. And that sounds like classic entrepreneurial fearlessness. And I've always thought that people who, you have to have that spirit. You have to have not a lack of fear, but enough bravery to move forward in spite of the fear, right? It's the unknown. I don't care. We're going in and doing this thing anyway. I just feel driven to do that. Do you find that that spirit kind of gives you a certain freedom in being able to be agile and grow and evolve within this very rapidly moving industry?
1: I, I, I do. I do. I, I, I find that, and I'm, I'm coming to every year, you know, this goes on, you, you get more confidence, you come more to terms with it. I mean, it was something very hard to appreciate or, or even understand the mindset that you have and, and what you're accomplishing because it, I mean you're absolutely right but the other part of it is you know the passion sort of just consumes you. I mean you're you're so excited because you're you're paving your own path and you're you're writing the rule book and you're not answering to anyone which which you know to others could be really scary and in the beginning it it was and then you just become comfortable with that and then you feel not not invincible I mean you you, you just feel this sense of confidence that you've gotten yourself this far and that and this industry continues to, to change and evolve that you're equipped to handle that because you you've had to handle so much adversity and in really um you know making a living on your own without you know any company or anyone actually being there to support you i mean you you had to fight for every opportunity every project and uh, it it definitely carries through to now now i I'm, now I'm, I'm i'm very confident very comfortable with with that realization but It was challenging over the years. There's there's definitely a lot of years where you're 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 fearful, you're worried, you're you're trying to figure out where's the next project coming from to eat, you know, to 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 just even have the the simplest things to be able to afford. So,
0: I've always thought it was interesting because that path that you followed, you go from anxiety because Mm -hmm. of the unknown, but the more you do it and the more you learn, you turn that anxiety into anticipation. You're actually able to leverage that energy and, and use it to help further achieve whatever the thing is you've put in front of yourself. Now you're in a very interesting point and you have a a unique sort of perspective because of that entrepreneurial sort of approach. You have your head on a swivel. You're always looking in all directions and that gives you the ability to notice trends maybe before a lot of other people in the industry. Have there been any trends that have kind of really caught your eye, say, over the last year or so?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think part of it is, is, is coming from because, you know, the one direction that I've, I've driven OpenIN is to be less known as a, as a tech firm. I mean, even though we're, we're involved in, in digital experience, but we've been also focusing on, on real design and not just from a creative concept but also from how technology really blends into a physical space. So, you know, one of the the trends that I've seen or one of the things I sort of adopted into OpenAI was being more conscious of environments and and how architects and interior designers are creating spaces. And so I've always been very fond of of how do you conceal technology in a space or how do you integrate it seamlessly? So, you know, I'm I'm very keen and, and, and been interesting in seeing a lot of different alternative display type of technologies, um, even to the point of using, you know, static objects or inanimate objects for interactivity from, from being able to use, you know, RFID integrated into, you know, simple, simple objects that allow you to interact with spaces, um, you know, and how you're using projection and, and hologram. Um, but then I've been also very interested lately too, in, in terms of content, um, you know, in generative art and, and, and type of content to where the space itself and the way people interacting with the space inf- uh, basically affect the way that content is being generated real time in an environment. And so, you know, w- we've always tried to any experience that we're doing to really be conscious of how it appeals and how its, it's, it's audience recognizes it, interacts with it. And I think the physical environment is such an important part of, of that engagement, and so that's a that's a trend that I I see, and I, th- I feel there's a few other agencies that have been popping up that have been seeing the same thing, where you just really need to embrace real, true, you know, physical design, and use that to drive the way that you're you're creating content that you're designing an experience. Um, th- those are some of the trends. I, I don't know if they're more design principles or or tr- or, or, or somewhat design trends that. Um, you know, I've been seeing, and we've been trying to implement into into OpenAI and the projects we're working on. Um, but it's 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 been real interesting. You know, it's the technology is is changed so drastically over the past couple of years, and you know, I'm I'm still somewhat underneath this this vision that you know the evolution of technology is great, but I don't feel like we know how to apply it always. And I feel that the next great thing that comes out, it's 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 cool, it's awesome, um, but we still don't know really how to actually use it. That it creates a, a purpose. I, I I apply a lot of that to you know everyone's talking about VR, and it's absolutely awesome, but I still struggle myself to see it as a trend in a real physical space. I I, I still feel to see and how it can actually be used in a retail store um, to actually accomplish something. So. Um, you know I, I still look at trends that way and may, maybe that's just from an experience to where I've seen technology grow so fast that people still fail to apply it using basic principles. And so I, I like you know I like the kiss you know type of philosophy. I still like to keep it simple and I still like to um, you know do things that I feel sometimes those are the more powerful engagements.
0: Data as a general rule across most industries is seen as I don't know, clinical or somewhat antiseptic. And I think the challenge for you, and it seems like you're approaching it in this way, is translating that data back into the actual personality trait or preference Mm -hmm. or human being that it represents. And you mentioned talking about displays that integrate, Mm -hmm. uh, that help augment what a visitor actually sees from that approach trying to take the data and turn it back into a person, do you think that kind of gives you maybe an approach or a viewpoint that's that really helps you create a more uh, involved ex- experience?
1: I think it does. I, I, I think you're absolutely right with 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 you know making it more involved. I mean I think that's the that's the whole point of, about this is trying to immerse people, in these experiences. And I mean, just going back to your point about, about data, um, you know, I feel that we're, we're at this tipping point right now where we're looking at data. I mean, we're looking at data two ways when we're, we're looking at it to prove a point or to prove an investment in the technology. And the other side that I love now is that we're actually looking at data to create these more immersive experiences to where um. You know, actions and, um, results are, are driving what we're seeing on a display, which, you know, is, is creating more of an authentic type of relationship because what you're doing is, is essentially driving the visuals or driving the story, um, that you're seeing while you're, while you're in any kind of environment. So it's, I, I love where it's going. Um, and I love how people are thinking and I love seeing all the different types of, of projects that are starting to appear with it. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's really helping to, to craft this conversation. You know, it's, 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 it's helping to craft the way that we're, you know, connecting with, the you know, with, with the space. It's, it's absolutely amazing to see it.
0: You talk about crafting a, a story and, and kind of involving the viewer more in that story and helping it feel more immersive tell me about some of the projects you're working on that are allowing you to sort of expand your knowledge and you know work out all of the all of the technical challenges as far as um maybe changing the way that people actually experience sort of that uh, interactivity that you're wanting to accomplish
1: it's it's funny you now it seems I mean, just just not to digress too much, but you know, the way Open Eye has always evolved is is that it seems that the the client or or the project that you get involved with changes your point of view and and changes the way that you approach a project or, or or work on it. And you know, the early days of a lot of those were hang and bang, you know, quote unquote type jobs, and then there was more of an emphasis on on the content and communicating some type of merchandising, but. Um, a couple of years ago, we ended up getting involved with um, Merlin Entertainment Group, um, and so who own uh, Madame Tussauds, and they also Sea Life Aquarium and Legal Land Discovery Centers, and and uh, and so now we're you know getting involved in this world of theme entertainment. And and when we first started working on it, you, you think, well, this is this is it's a wax museum, and. The more that you you really work in it, you start to really understand that it's all driven by experience. It's more than just figures. It's it's giving people an opportunity to feel that they're having these moments of, of 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 on the red carpet, you know. And and then you start to as they evolve, and not just with Madame Tussauds, but also in their aquarium brand. It's it's all about immersing people in this in this environment that they're coming into, whether it's to feel that they're. Underwater or feel that they're having their own, you know, celebrity moment with the, you know, the latest stars of, of a blockbuster movie. Um, but it's, it's absolutely fun because there's, there's just all this immense creativity, not just from, um, the content, but also from how do we take technology and, and bring it into this beautiful environment and make it feel like it's part of it. Um, we just did a, a project for sea life in, um, And they have multiple locations, but this one debuted in Michigan, and it it was uh, an area called Doodle Reef. And it's you know it's 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 geared towards children, but it's to try to to give them a little bit education about um, different fishes that um, you know that live under they live in the sea, and you know it's it's a fun, playful way. I mean, you first you have this this beautiful design environment, which you you have coral, and you have fish tanks, and um, but just this beautiful design. And, you know, we were tasked of how do you, you know, give the opportunity for the kids to learn about the fish, to interact with the fish, and still kind of keep the authenticity of making them feel like they're in this, this secret underwater environment. And, you know, we, the, the experience starts off with them going up to an iPad and, and choosing their fish, and they're allowed to color it, you know, it's, it's hence the doodle reference. And so they're coloring the fish and they're, being very interactive, they're playing around polka dots, stripes, pink, yellow, blue, whatever, ever color, and then you can add effects to it. So this fish swims around and has sparkles coming out of it. And but it's it's fun. It gives them an opportunity to personalize it. And then what's the cool part about it is is that when the fish is created, it then gets inserted into the digital tank. And the, what's what's fun is that the digital tank or the display is actually hidden behind a real fish tank. So in the foreground, you have real fish. And in the background, you have their own fish that look as if that appear as if they're part of the tank. And their fish are then turned into this 3D animated fish that floats around. And if they want, they can go to a larger um, interactive display and they can play around with their fish. They can feed the fish. They can race their fish against other fish. So there's this social interaction that can happen with other children that are there. And if they want to continue this, they can actually, um, there's an app we built where you can download the fish to the app and then take the fish home with you. And you can continue to feed it. You can continue to, you know, help it survive. And, but it's, it's just this fun experience where it's, like, we're given this task of how do you, how do you kind of create this experience that gives the kids an opportunity to play and to learn at the same time And then how do you integrate technology so that it it, it never breaks that illusion that they're in this underwater secret environment? Um, But it's it's fun. And years ago, I would never have thought about working on a space like that. I mean, digital signage was always this, it's a square on a wall. And now, you know, here we are to where that just doesn't fly anymore. I mean, it has to be hidden it has to have this illusion that it's something authentic and real and and the content has to live up to that to where it tells a story and it want you know makes you want to interact with it and and to be able to achieve that and 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 step back and, and look at it it's just I'm, I'm in awe that we created that i mean I'm, I'm giddy now talking about it you know we we created that and we come away from that and the confidence level is just sky high and and now we're bring on the next one, you know, what's the next one. And then, and of course there it is. The next one is, is to develop this, uh, it's called turtle rescue. And so it's all about sea turtles. So now we're learning about sea turtles and, and, and creating this similar experience um, down in Dallas, which will, which will debut in a few months. So um, I, I love it. I, I love working in this environment. And I mean, we're all, um, you know, creative geeks and, 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 um, you know, tech thrillists, and and to be able to combine the two and and work in something like this, I, you know, I, again, I, I never thought we'd have that kind of opportunity. So it's 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 fun, but again, like I said, it's you get a project like that, and that just changes your whole mindset. and where, where do you go next? You know, what do you what do you do with that kind of learning? So,
0: very and cool. you're able to take those things that you've learned, as you mentioned, that changes your perspective. And you're able to take that newfound approach and apply it to rethinking other industries that you touch. For example, in retail, you know, Mm -hmm. you're able to turn retailers more into storytellers. You're able to um, rethink corporate lobbies. You're really able to personalize what can otherwise seem to be sort of an impersonal interaction.
1: That's got to feel pretty good. It does. It really, it really does. And you're absolutely right. You, you, you take those learnings because it, it goes back to being a story, and you you see that and say, well, that's what people are after today. They're after an authentic experience. They're after a story. They want that connection. And and that's in every single environment. That's in the corporate lobby. That's in a, a retail store. That is in. A transportation, even it, 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 it applies. And it just, we're perfecting our craft and learning how to tell a story in a different manner. And, and I absolutely, it, it, I love it. And, you know, it's kind of funny too, is, is that, um, you know, this year is, is if I, is if I don't have enough going on, um, you know, I, I threw my hat in the ring and ended up um, becoming an adjunct professor. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to go back to my alma mater, Seton Hall and, and teach a class on digital engagement in, uh, digital engagement in physical spaces is what it's called. And, you know, I'm taking all these learnings and, and, and the, I don't know, call it an epiphany or, or call it a, a conscious awakening. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at everything that I've done that we've done an open eye. And then I'm also forcing myself to go out there and, and continue to, 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 see other trends and see what other agencies are doing and bring this back to the students. And, and really give them an insight in how to think about digital experience and how to craft a story. So it's, it's like I put myself an opportunity to even learn more, which, which I love. I I love challenging myself to to learn more and how to interpret that and how to teach that. And, and so that just continues to evolve my thinking. And um, fortunately I'm I'm surrounded too by um, a great crew that I've, I've I've assembled of of friends and designers that are all the same mentality. It's like, there's, there's, I don't want to say 12 of me, but there's, there's 12 like-minded individuals that are all sharing in this, this passion, this passion and this, 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 this journey that I've been on with, with OpenEye. So.
0: I have in this, in my mind, this picture of a kid from the Northeast, went to school at Seton Hall, all of a sudden he's on the Pacific Ocean and then he starts his own company, becomes a CEO. You can tell me you've you've really had a board meeting out on surfboards,
1: haven't you? You can tell me. <laughs> I don't know about a surfboard, but <laughs> there's been some interesting meetings. I'll will tell you that much. We uh, <laughs> we're um you know the, the whole I mean open eyes. We you know first off a, a good half of them are friends that I've um, that I've known for ten plus years. Um, I either worked with them, met them in school. Um, so we're, we're like-minded, um, you know, a, a bunch of us, before we go to digital signage expo, we're going to, um, Phoenix. We do this every year we go for spring training and this is, this is our, our thing. And this is also part of the the cultural side of open eye. You know, we, we work hard we play hard. We have, you know, at a ball game, we're watching, you know, whoever, and, and then we're talking about the next project as well. So it's kind of, so there's, there's, there's company meetings at ball games. Uh, there is some beer and hot dogs, of course, uh, but it just, it just fuels. I mean, it's, it's nice that we share these passions and, and we share this, this same sense of, of experiencing things that are out there. And then we also, it's, what's nice too, is that we don't have an office. You know, we, we don't, we don't have an office. We, we all work virtually. Um, we're spread out across the country. Uh, we even have um, a couple people that are over in, uh, in London. And, you know, we don't skip a beat because of not being with, with one another on a daily basis. We, we do see each other fairly regularly, but, you know, it, it helps to define our culture. I mean, each one of us have different different passions in a sense, and we have different experiences by living all over the country. But, um, yeah, when we get together and, and we have these, these, these moments, um, it's, it's cool. And, and every year we, we do get everyone together uh, at least once. And, We've, we have our, our summit, you know, our quote unquote summit. And and our challenge is actually to go to cities that no one would think of going to, to try to find sort of those unique, you know, open eye moments or, or just things that we like to do, whether it's looking for breweries or looking for sporting events or a skate park or um, what have you <laughs> that we we do. So we, we built this into our, our, our company culture and, you know, this also I think shines in the way that we do our projects as well. So it's it's a nice it's a nice balance. But I'm going to take you up on I, I think the surfboard, and that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> that will that will happen. A few there's a few people that that are not exactly great swimmers, so I'll just I'll just throw them some life vests.
0: You could just come up and make it a virtual surfboard party.
1: I could, or or we go to a swim park. We go to a swim park. Same thing, you know. Go to a swim park. We have a couple, maybe on the lazy river. It's a lazy river meeting. That could work because then you can float with the margarita in your hand too. You know, you can start in the morning with the meeting, then you then you do late afternoon margaritas. It, it's a nice evolution. Well, just let me
0: know when you want me to put it on my calendar so I can make sure that I'm available.
1: Done, done.
0: <laughs> today, I've had the chance to talk with Brian Mazaros, the CEO and founder for OpenEye Global. Brian, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate it.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thanks
0: for having me.